Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Monday Mover uh, is a segment we do highlighting mostly people who are moving and shaking. Uh, and today I want to um, highlight a trailblazer. She became frustrated with the major beauty brands out there uh, that were sold in her country, Nigeria. And then she moved to Australia and then she worked her way through some other names and couldn't find something that was quite right. And she's got this gorgeous skin. So it needs to be enhanced with some products. So she has come up with some and it's called Oma, Oma Beauty. Let me f- welcome in the CEO, founder, creative director, Ms. Sharon C. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Thank you, Karen. Um, hey. That was a good intro, man. I'm going to steal that. Uh, okay, that makes yeah. me sound like a real hustler. Right? Yeah, not, yeah. Not. yeah, you're out there. You're doing the thing. You're doing the thing. Now, you know, it's interesting because I think we're in this uh, era where, um, and at least I feel this way, that this skin doesn't need enhancement. Just a little something. Just a little. We don't need a whole lot of something. I feel like the drag queen era of, of blackness is moving. And nothing wrong. Drag queens, I love them. I love RuPaul and all of that. But women who are not drag queens don't need to compete with that. We could just be ourselves. I just feel that way. What are your thoughts on this? Exactly. I think, you know, when you look at Alma Beauty as a brand, our first tenant is beauty starts the moment you decide to be yourself. So what's beautiful is actually you, not the makeup. And I tell everybody, if you're using makeup to make yourself beautiful, you don't need makeup, you need to shrink, right? That's what you need. (laughs) And so when we're out there, we're talking about makeup, you're talking about expression. You're talking about play, right? You express yourself however you want to express yourself. You know, some people wake up in the morning and they leave their house in their jammies, right? And that's how they express themselves. And makeup is no different, right? Some people want to wake up and just pull a little something, something. Some people want nothing. Some people want a lot. And so I think for me, it's the democracy in terms of of putting people into the driver's seat to determine what beauty means to them, whether that means full volume. And for a lot of people, you're not the same person every day. Some days I'm full volume, drag-esque, like makeup. Some days I got not, nothing on my face. I'm just, you know, enjoying, you know, this fine world that Jesus made. Um, in my skin, the way he made me, just roaming around the street, uh, not looking for any trouble. And I think that's what's beautiful about makeup, the fact that we get to choose and we get to be and express ourselves However, we feel when people see me with the red lipstick, they know it's on. I'm about to rip somebody's head off, right? Um, so, um, so you know, like people, you know, you know, and that's the different moods. And I feel like that's the power of makeup, and that's why I continue to fight so hard to democratize it. Because when people feel that power and they know that power, they understand how it becomes just another, you know, beautiful thing that you play with in this crazy experience called life. And when certain people determine who gets to do that and who doesn't get to, we're like, oh, no, no, we're not doing this. Not not in this space. You know, we work too hard for our money. We can't be begging to spend it, right? So uh, so, so we're going to, you know, democratize how people spend their money, um, um, use it to empower, enable, and inspire them to understand that despite what they see out there in a very singular standard of beauty, there is no standard of beauty. Beauty is you. You are beauty in whatever you define it to be. I'm going to make one correction. I think you are looking for trouble sometimes, though. <laughs> I get that. I get that impression too, yeah, Karen. I, I think she's she's she's, fun. A little bit she's of a lot of trouble. She's a lot of fun. Um, okay, so take us. You know, I'm 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 celebrating right now. I went and spent a buttload of money on Rihanna. 
Um, not a butt load because I don't wear a lot of makeup. And you may, I may get a little <laughs> lipstick. I may get some. Uh, Pat McGrath, when everybody was oh, talking yeah. about Kylie, uh, self-made. No, Pat McGrath, no, Pat. first self-made Mama black. Yeah, okay. So we're going to give homage. Where do you fit into the Fenty, Pat McGrath? Like, where are you in that spectrum? Yeah, you know, we fit in our own lane. You know, um, that's the beauty of Mama Beauty. We come out, we came out in 2019 and we were talking about inclusivity in a way nobody was talking about it. Because if you look, and there's no criticism to this, right? Uh, when you when you talk about the space, you know, Pat McGuire is amazing. She's a trailblazer. She's the most iconic makeup artist of our generation. Let that sink in. And I don't want anybody saying nothing other than that, because that woman literally is the icon when it comes. People have, you know, you have Kevin O'Quan, you have, you know, all these other great makeup artists. But in our lifetime, it's it's Pat McGrath. And, and, and Pat, Pat was not just able to be a great makeup artist she created a lot of products like for png for 20 years so woman is an icon and so when she came out with pat mcgrath labs it was phenomenal because what pat mcgrath introduced to beauty was high beauty it was couture in beauty we'd never had couture before in beauty like you know every luxury brand was selling you packaging pat mcgrath came in beyond packaging the formula the texture the the way she spoke into beauty was a whole new woman spoke a category into existence so she does luxury beauty and that's her lane and that's amazing nobody can do better than pat because she understands color and i've seen pat work like she's not bullshit pat wakes up every morning works her butt off she is uncompromising to the point where she has to tag difficult and when you're a female founder you get the tag difficult you know you're doing something right right um and that's and that's pat right so she's killing it she's owning space. Fenty is a very different dynamic. You know, there's a lot of complexity in there, but I love the brand. And I love what the brand came out to do and stood out to do in terms of inclusivity. And so when we were coming into the play, my mission was really to come and not only democratize beauty, but to use my platform to have conversations people weren't prepared to go. Now, when I looked at Fenty, I understood the straightaway that Rihanna was going to have an Achilles heel because she partnered with LVMH to bring it to life. They will not be able to have tough conversations. They will not be able to because for everything they say about Fenty, what about Mark Jacobs that they make? What about, you know, Ola Harrison? What about all of these other brands? Benefit Cosmetics, notoriously non-inclusive brands that are making eight shades of foundation. You know, so I knew that LVMH, like Fenty was a great platform opportunity, but she was going to be mutual by that partnership because you just can't say anything because anytime you say a word, somebody can attract it back to another of LVMH's beauty brands or their fashion conglomerates. So what this gave them a beauty, the space to be is truly come in and not only talk about inclusivity from a space of shades, but to go beyond that. That's what we do. We're cultural curators. We were talking about black and white when it was a death sentence in beauty to say black and white, to actually say white people. You couldn't say that in beauty. It was like, ah, you know, people said to me, beauty is an escape. People don't want to come here and talk about things that matter. And I was like, well, for people who don't want to do that, there's plenty of brands for them out there, like a ton of them, right? But when you're ready to have a beat, and talk about reality and then not only talk about it, but hold yourself accountable to how do I become part of that solution that you come into the armor world. And in doing that, we created a space that nobody else plays in and nobody else is included in. We're in a league of our own because we come out with great prestige products that are knocking all their awards out, like just killing it because innovation, I'm obsessed with that stuff. But first and foremost, we're a purpose-led brand and we're here to have conversations people are not prepared to have. And that's what attracts people to this beautiful tribe. Woo, Sharon is here, y'all. Uh, Sharon is here. You can follow her at Oma Oma. Uh, beauty and that is U O M as a Mary A Beauty on the Instagram and on the Twitters. What's on your face right now? Because you literally are 
popping and blitzing and it's just <laughs> moist and beautiful. It looks like literal hey, chocolate. What is what are you exactly. wearing? We love a glue glow. So firstly, everyone knows me. I'm about skin. Um, so I'm wearing my Oma Beauty Say What foundation, which is, oh by I'm the way. It. That's where I am. Okay, so how do I find my complexion? Because it oh changes. You have to firstly find your skin care. So this is very unique. Nobody in the world had ever done this. Think that when we look at foundation formulas, we can't have one formula to suit everybody because we're all different. Then the needs of light skin is completely different to the needs of deeper skin. So what I did was create a 51 shade foundation range, but it comes in six families. Each of them, the formula customized. So the first thing you need to figure out is what's my skin family. For instance, I'm part of the beautiful brown sugar family. The name of my skin family is brown sugar. That means I've got brown skin. My skin tends to be oily. So we have a formula that's actually specially catered to that. It helps control oil. It's specifically formulated. It's got great undertones. Just in brown sugar, there's 12 shades alone. I mean, there's more shades in the brown sugar family than a lot of entire foundation ranges, right? Um, so you come in there and now you only have 12. If you're in some families, you only have six shades to look through. You figure out your undertone and you're done. You got your product. So that's the key there. So so for me, I'm all about that base. So I'm wearing, say what foundation, brown sugar, tone to neutral always. And then once you find your foundation, you can just pick your concealer because they matched. All the shade names are matched. So you go to your concealer in brown sugar, which I'm wearing as well. But the star of this look is my double take contour stick. Now it's a double-sided stick. It's like, as you see all this glow on my face. Yes. Oh my God. That's what's creating this look. Because the okay. cream stick. And I use my fingers and just dab it in and it adds warmth, dimension and all. Oh that my way. gosh. I just got a lesson. So what, what color am I? I'm looking now. Um, you're I'm, gonna be, where yeah, you're going to be either brown sugar or black pearl. Um, that's what you're going to be. But I suspect you're going to be brown sugar. And then Brad, also for people who have never seen her not, in person, Karen Hunter has amazing skin. Oh, I can see. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I appreciate no it. Makeup at all. It's the Carasonic brush. I use it every day in the little anyway. But um, I'm not oily, though. I'm dry. I'm like, I, I could be Kevin Durant ashy if I didn't use um, moisturizing <laughs> products. I, I'm, on, I'm on the ashy side of things. I, so I'm one of these lighter tone people who also are ashy. I'm not oily. So I yes, probably it's, it's, you're sugar. one of the, the rarities, but I think what's amazing in terms of even when you use the brown sugar formula, what we've used to control oil is woolly thistle. So taking the equivalent of imagine taking a panadol when you don't have a headache, what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. But if you take panadol when you have a headache, what's going to happen is going to treat your headache. So this is the same thing here. If you have oily skin, it's going to control your oils. But if you have dry skin, it does nothing. It's just going to hydrate your skin because the key active in it in all of them is hydration. So you get your hydration, you get your moisturization, you will get your hyper um, pigmentation is the main skin concern that it targets um, targeted so that we can even up the whole skin tone and then you get your glow so that's the amazing thing about the way it's customized is customized that if you do have the skin problems if your problem is genuinely oil the willow tissue will go in there and it doesn't strip it out because if you strip out your oils they're only going to come back three times stronger so it just stays there and regulates your sebum production which means if you ain't got sebum you're producing here and regulating nothing so uh you've made this job a little bit easier it's like fine i get to get paid and i don't get to do the job look at it that way I'm so, how do, so where do I'm people sorry, find the price? Is it strictly online? Are you in some stores? Is it? Are you in stores in certain parts of the diaspora? 
Yes. So, I mean, we've been very fortunate in terms of, you know, for a non-two-year-old non-celebrity brand, we've been able to crack it into the mainstream, which is very difficult in the in American, you know, market, right? This is the largest color cosmetics market in the world. So we've been very lucky. We're in Nordstrom stores. Uh, we launched 24 Nordstrom doors this year. We continue to expand in that rollout next year. We're with Alta Beauty. We're in 203 Alta stores and online as well. We're across Morphe globally. Um, we have a diffusion line. So one of the crazy things I did no brands ever done before was go i have this brand that's luxury's prestige like i said nostrum in the uk you can buy it everywhere selfridges harrods having nicole's is about to launch boots um john lewis partners so pretty much all the premium distribution points were in there and then what i did this year was go crazy and take it one step further and i created a diffusion more affordable line because you can't be inclusive and sell palettes of $44 because that's not inclusivity. That's rich people show, right? So I um, created a much cheaper range um, that also is amazing, much more carrying up your alleys for soft makeup, soft glam, easy to use, touch up with your fingers and run out the door. That's in Walmart. And it's the largest launch Walmart has ever done in the beauty history um, in 3,365 Walmart stores. So what? Uh, you better yeah, do yeah. that. Okay. Karen C, that C stands for ka-ching. We, we see you. Cash. What can you do? Why, why can I say there's power and purpose? There's power and purpose. When you believe in what you believe in um, and you don't listen because you know your mission and what you want to do, the universe opens doors for you. You can never believe could be opened. And that's been my journey and story because I've just been stubbornly in the goal of, I want every woman to feel beautiful in her skin. I want every man and woman to be empowered that they can be whoever they want to be, not who the world tells them to be. Whether you're like me, who's a CEO with blonde and pink hair with tattoos and you know everything that in a human being is completely written off to be smart or successful. And you're, you're every day turning up with your five foot three size zero self and killing it, right? Um, and that's what I want the world to become where everybody can embrace themselves for who they are and shine because the, the only thing that can kill us is nothing that kills your soul than being in chains, right? We know that better than anybody else. And so even though beauty is what I do, really what people come to me for is not just the lipstick, the lipstick and the foundations and all of this is a souvenir of the experience. They come in there to get that validation and to get that reinforcement of how wonderful and how beautifully made they are. And in that becomes the power because there is nothing more powerful. You can, you can never find a more powerful woman than a woman who feels beautiful and has got money in her pocket. If she can do those two things, she's unstoppable. And that's why society is designed to strip one of those two things away from us in terms of a feeling. Mm. Listen, when you say that about, about the empowerment, I, I think about the last time I was on the continent and I saw all of the ads for skin lightening. And a lot of them, a lot of the ads have American, American okay. sort of, F-list, um, you know, celebrities or whatever, you know, talking about it. And Don't go Black China again, Andrew. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it is a phenomenon throughout the diaspora, and it's so dangerous. And yes. um, it's so dangerous, some of the chemicals that are it, being used. Can you, I mean, crazy. from you as a global citizen, but also as a beauty executive, can you talk just a little bit about, um, you know, how do we combat that? Yes, yes. Look, the only way to combat that is by making people believe that they're wonderful the way they are. I come from Nigeria. Talking about skin bleaching, seven out of 10 women in Nigeria bleach their skin. Seven 
out of 10 women in Nigeria bleach their skin. You talk about a population that's over 90% black, yet in there, we still have the hierarchy of the lighter, the better. Why? Because of the hangover of colonials, right? We were colonized. Everybody talks about, you know, um, everybody's familiar with slavery and how that architecture works. The one thing that the world still hasn't unlocked properly yet is the impact of colonization or the fact that I am the first post-colonial generation in my country. I'm, I'm from Nigeria. I'm the first. My mother was born during colonial rule. So you think wow. about that, all the ideas that are forced to you. It says fairer is lighter, straight hair is, is better. So my hair, I was what, two years, two, three years old when it started getting straightened, right? Um, being light-skinned is seen as this ultimate treasure that you can actually get. when you, And if you you can't get it naturally you bleach in there there are no products available there for darker skin but why bother trying to fight products for darker skin when you can people can just bleach to the skin color of the products available right and that's really effed up and that's really where my fire started with in terms of getting through life and at a point starting to process the innate hate that we we born with that is subconscious that we don't talk about about ourselves because when you think about all of these actions what do you get you get that from when we're born, we understand that we're different, but not different, good, different, bad, regardless of where we're born, whether we're born with our own people or you're born in America, you're in the diaspora, wherever you're born, the one thing is a standard that you're not good enough. And we live our entire lives trying to keep up with that standard. And a lot of times this is what comes back to bite us because you see women trying to bleach themselves. But even beyond that, you ask all the dark skin, all the black men there, oh, we don't do darkies. We want light skin girls. So that also packs even more pressure because on one hand, it's been sold to women that this is the idea of beauty, Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn. And not only women are absorbing that information, even men are absorbing that information as well. So it puts our, our society and the Black community in a place that is very unique to us. Uh, um, and it's a really bizarre place. And the only way out of this is showing the Black woman that you are beautiful as you are that your skin is just beautiful, that there is nothing about you that needs to be fixed. Your hair is perfect is why I went natural two years ago. It was the first time in my life I could touch my hair and it was actually natural. Never done that before. I'm in my mid thirties. So you think about these things that to other people are normal to us, this are like novelty, like not straightening your hair, right? Um, but I think the work that we're doing, we need to continue to have this conversation because once we're able to to show people what happened to me four years ago that took me on this journey. The second they hit that, it, I know that feeling is unstoppable. When you realize who you are, what you are, what you have in you, the, the, the lineage, the lineage, the bloodline that flows through you and what you're capable of, you find it laughable even when people come and bring you bleaching cream. You're like, why the hell would I want to do that? Like, you know, right. and right. that's what I want every black woman to feel. But it's going to take us time. It did not take one day to put that idea in our head. It took 400 years. Um, it will not take 400 years to undo, but all of these steps were taken. Representation is the first part of that step. And as we continue to push for more representation, we will start normalizing the black skin beauty. And that's my goal. I love that. And we got to work on the brothers too, it sounds like too. It's not Yo. just about black women seeing themselves as beautiful. There's a, there's a conversation that men need to have amongst ourselves. A um, lot, a lot. It's a conversation that everybody shies away from, but it's, it's an important one because it really impacts like, you know, women, right? Um, and how we feel, we, we do value as much as a lot of times we want to be, oh, I don't care. We do care, right? Um, there's nothing that, like, it's a good feeling when you look at a man you care about and he looks at you and he tells you you're beautiful and you genuinely know that he's correct. Amazing, Not right? because you're, you're beautiful for my income today, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Can we talk about it? You're beautiful enough for my current income, but honey, the second I level up, I am trading you down to side chick, and I'm going to find the person who's appropriate for a red carpet, who usually is much lighter. Oh, I bet you are good at a cocktail party. I, uh, I am wild. No, no, they don't want to invite me. I told too many truths. I'm telling you. <laughs> Drew wins our next party. All right. Uh, 866-801-8255. The name, where did they, um, how did you get, how did you derive it? Oma. Oma, Oma is not, means beautiful in my local language. Um, Which is Igbo. what? What is it? Uh, it's yes. Igbo, right? It's Igbo, yes. So Oma, Oma means beautiful. It's, it's spelled O-M-A. I added the U into it um, because Umwoma, beautiful people. That's who we are. Um, and for me, it was really important to take my language to the world because when I came overseas, I had to change my accent. I had to change my name because I needed to get the job. And now I have to normalize it in terms of the whole world struggling to say, oh, my, it's like when you open finish struggling, you're going to say it. And then you're going to understand that it means beautiful. Um, and, and it is beautiful. And, um, you know, I love it when I go out there and I see a lot of evil kids in the they're so excited. They don't hear this thing in the mainstream, right? There was one of my lipstick called Fumilayo after Fumilayo Ransom Kuti, who was the mother of Fela Kuti, who everybody knows the great Afro-pop legend uh, or the, 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 the creator of, uh, of Afrobeats as we know it. And Fumilayo was an, like, she's, I mean, like for me, she's a bigger icon than Fela Kuti, right? So one of my lipsticks called Badass Icons, which is named after great icons that have inspired me from Maya Angelou um, all the way to Fumilaya. And the amount of times I have people write to me to go, you have no idea what it means to me to see a lipstick and my name is written on it. This is a name that I usually have to carry with Shane. We usually have to change it and swap my middle name to the first name so that my African name can be hidden. And now I'm going out that I'm in Nordstrom and I'm seeing in Nordstrom Fumilayo, like the sales assistant has to struggle through saying the name to say Fumile and I have to go Fumilayo. And they go, that makes me feel human. It makes me feel beautiful. And so I think um, for me, whether it's naming, whether it's campaigns, like the campaign we did for Coming to America that was tagged the Black Skin Beauty and was all over Nordstrom's window in Central Park, right? These are the moments that matter where these little girls can walk through and see women in Gili, right? That are like, proudly African, proudly themselves, just displaying their royalty, their regality and their beauty. And um, that's why um, I chose to name the, the company Ama Beauty. And, and even through all the product names, you find a lot of gems from Africa and around the world in there. I love that. How did you raise your first funding? Good question. Oh, with, with great difficulty, but we did it. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I, like with everybody, I mean, I came from corporate, I came from, you know, executive roles, but nobody teaches you about the financial ecosystem. It's a very, it's an interesting world that is shrouded in secrecy, right? You yeah. think about it, where's the application place you go to, to apply for money? You have to figure out was an early stage investor, late stage investor, was a series A, series B, pre-money, post-money, cap tables, all this fancy stuff. Um, and so for me, I did waste a lot of time having to learn all those things. And then um, I was crazy because I launched straight into retail. So I never like launched small or did dot com, whatever. I went completely crazy. So I needed a lot of money. I needed about $3 million to launch the brand. Um, but um, but um, the second I stopped fishing in the wrong pond and I was properly educated on where to go, I raised money in three weeks. Um, so so uh, you raised three million dollars in three weeks, five and a half in three weeks and rejected about you seven, raised five, five and, and a half million dollars on, in three Drew. weeks. But you you asked. So that's so is wait, that, hold on. Is time that out, the power Drew. of time your out, network? Time out. No, but you're you're sitting here right now watching how that happened. This woman, <laughs> this woman I'm not surprised that she got five million dollars in three weeks. 
Oh, I'm not either. I but what I am is intrigued because <laughs> I think though I I think that there's that there's power in proximity and and in networking and knowing where you said fishing in the right pond. And yes. I want people to get that piece How of it. Yeah. Um, in that I want you your story will make might make somebody else say, oh, maybe I'm not dreaming big enough. Yeah. Exactly. 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 No. So, you know, for me, the key is, you know, the, the people I sort of like people think in my journey with this brand is a great case study because everybody thought it was because, oh, you're well networked. You came from beauty industry. What they don't understand is I moved country. I moved entire regions, which meant I had to start from zero. I knew nobody in America. So everything was, you know, you find one person, you try and find your whole network on LinkedIn, find one person to give you that one intro. But what I say to people is all you need is that first intro, because from that intro, whenever they say no, please ask them, who else do you know that this could be good for and follow up and stay on it? Oh my because is that one person now introducing to two people, two people introducing into two, two, three. you see how it duplicates. And next thing you know, you're now within this network, which I am now, but I wasn't here three years ago. So I think the key to everybody is asking that question. To be honest, it was funny last week. I was actually on the phone with one of the early guys who said, no, they're trying to invest in me now. Right. And so she was talking about it. We're talking to the, my broader team on the call. And she was like, I remember that Christmas you called me, you were distraught. You were like, I know you can't invest, but how are we going? I made it our problem. How are we going to, you know, because I know you want to invest in this in future, but there will be no brand for you to invest in in future. If we cannot get it figured out right now. And I know this is not up your alley right now, but who should, who else should I be talking to? And we sat there and she gave me a few names. One of the names she gave to me was what changed everything. Cause that person became the plug. They knew everybody. They were the ones who were like, screw New York, move to LA, right? <laughs> Come and find investors here. They used to early stage, right? And so I think um, that would be the advice I give to everybody in terms of, you know, one intro should produce you a hundred. Um, just, oh um, uh, just, just continue to go on it. And it's easy for somebody to introduce you to somebody um, then for them to give you their money, right? It doesn't seem that hard. Sharon, you are uh, amazing. Um, I'm on. I'm online. I'm about to check out. Uh, literally, I got some lipstick. I'm about, my foundation. Day, we got deals. Yes, I know. I'm. I'm on the site. I'm going to buy some. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you, Uma Beauty. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.